This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. The guest this week is the guest last week. Now, this is not because we can't get guests. And it's not because of this person has uh, begged me to come on this low-rated show. It's because massive sports media news broke, and I thought it would be smart to bring back Sports Media Daily media writer John Orand, who is a frequent guest on this podcast. I think, as everyone knows, the major sports media news of the week. Tony Romo has re-signed with CBS, as reported by the New York Post and John Orand, uh, that uh, dollar figure is um, around $17 million. I think there's 27 of us who have since confirmed <laughs> the dollar figure. Romo will be staying with CBS long term. Uh, the deal is minimum five years with a lot of contract provisions that can extend it uh, well beyond that. It is uh, a monster sort of uh, signature move in the sports media, and that is why we bring on John Orand back and better than ever on the sports media podcast. John! Welcome back. <laughs> this is a record, I think. And you know what's going to happen inevitably is on the uh, iTunes comment section. I'm just going to get one star. You suck. You can't get different guests. Why am I listening to this? But that has nothing to do with you, John. That's all on to me. Um, all right. Listen, both of us have uh, now written, I think, pretty extensively on Tony Romo. I worked all weekend on a piece, talked to a lot of people, uh, including his producer. And so there's a lot to. Um, there's a lot to chew on here, John, and so let's start here. Both of us, I think, were very steadfast in writing, and I remember you wrote a column not too long ago, basically headline why Tony Romo will stay at CBS. The the Romo staying at CBS, I don't think surprised either of us. I think we were on the record for a long time um, that it would happen. But I would imagine, John, given the dollar figure, given the length of the contract, uh, some stuff surprised you. So let's just sort of do top line um, what was your reaction when you heard the news that he was resigning? Just like you, the reaction was that it was what I expected. And then the I've heard about the money and it blew me away. And I realized that one of the reasons that we were predicting that Tony Romo was going to resign with CBS was coming through Romo. It was where he was comfortable. He's comfortable with Nancy. He's com- comfortable with the production truck. He works well with Tracy Wolfson. What what I what I took away from that signing is that he wasn't CBS wasn't going to let him leave. Like we we should have been looking at it more from the CBS point of view. CBS had the right to match ESPN, and unless ESPN was going to offer Tony Romo fifty million dollars, like CBS was keeping him no matter what. And then and uh, and the you know ninety eight ninety five percent that we had him staying at CBS that should have been one hundred percent. CBS was not going to let him go. So, all right, so a couple things on this. Um, you know, the headline, obviously, is going to be the salary. 
and the years. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's sort of take this from a couple different angles. Let's take it first from the CBS side, which is where you went here. And the, 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 the case that CBS makes, and I think it's certainly a legit one, is this is our most important asset, NFL football. And the Sunday afternoon show, 425, is, you know, far and away the most important thing that we have in our new company, CBS Viacom. NFL rights are coming up. We have to be a player. If we're not a player, our company is in significant trouble. We spend already a billion dollars on the NFL, and that's going to go up dramatically. We uh, spend $100 million on production costs for the NFL. And, you know, when we have a Super Bowl year, it's $25 million, $30 million to put the games on. I think, John, when you sort of look at that kind of math and those numbers, if you're CBS, yeah, you don't want to pay $17 million. You don't want to blow up your salary structure. But at the end of the day, $17 million for your most important product is a rounding error. And so I think at a certain point, this is just my read into this, if they were going to go past where they have ever gone before, then I think there probably was no limit to the money. And I think ultimately, like you just said, they were going to get Romo no matter what. Do you agree with sort of that line of thinking? Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. The fact that the NFL rights are currently being renegotiated, I feel that CBS wanted to send a message to the NFL. It wanted to send a message to, the re- to, to its competitors uh, around the league that it is serious and it's, it's willing to spend a lot of money to keep its package and, and, and to uh, uh, stay, stay in the NFL business um, in, in a couple of years when, when those rights come up. I, I think that, you know, given the fact that, you know, Viacom and CBS have merged, there's some questions sort of about, you know, the size of Viacom compared to a Disney or, or, uh, or, or a Comcast that owns NBC. Um, yet if they had lost Tony Romo, if they had lost, if they had allowed probably their highest profile talent to be, to be poached, you know, that there, there's a potential that, that it would send a signal of weakness in the market, which is not where you want to be optically going into a, uh, going into a rights deal. Um, and so I think that they, for, for CBS, it was, you know, they could afford it and they were not going to let this go. And they just wanted to send the message that they're strong. They have plenty of money and they're, they're, they want to stay in with the NFL. Totally agree with you. Well said. Um, all right. Let's here's the other two sides I want to take from. I want to take it from the Romo side and then I want to take it from the ESPN side. If you're the Romo camp and this was negotiated by uh, Tom Young, RJ Gosner of uh, CAA, who I would assume at this point, uh, can buy everybody at CAA dinner for the next 23 years. Um, you, you are thinking here, we have, um, um, we, we're never going to have more leverage because as you just sort of pointed out, Romo is so important to CBS in terms of sending a message to the marketplace, sending a message to the NFL, most importantly, the optics of not losing your number one person. So they know they have leverage there. They also must know, John, either directly or indirectly, that ESPN will be significantly interested in Romo. You, you do, it doesn't take a genius to know that ESPN um, is is not satisfied with its current announcing team. There's been negative press now for 24 months. Um, ESPN is very reactionary when it comes to this stuff. They usually, I would say, over-listen to the, uh, to the Twitter world and stuff like that. So you know that they're looking to make a change, and they know that Romo is coming 
uh, potentially to market if he gets past the 30-day exclusive, exclusive negotiating window for CBS. So if you're the Romo camp, John, you're basically, I think, just calculating like we're going as high as we possibly could go. We're probably back-channeling ESPN to see how high they might go. And then at the end of the day, it's really the client, in this case, Tony, making a decision on, you know, what 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 money will satisfy me to stay at CBS versus what crazy money will prompt me to go to ESPN where it would be a whole new place. Do you buy that as their calculus here? Uh, yeah, and in fact, it went so long, I'm not entirely certain why they waited or, or why they didn't wait to entertain a, a direct offer from ESPN to see what, uh, you know, where, where ESPN was. Um, I, I, they waited so long to do this. I don't know why they didn't wait a, another couple of weeks to do it. Uh, and let, but, but as you and I have said for months, uh, Romo's comfortable with Nance. He's comfortable with the, 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 the with, with CBS and he just wanted to get CBS to a, to a price that even the highest numbers that, that we were floating out there, um, but beforehand, I think I, the highest I saw went up to like 14 million, you know, and then this is $17 million. It's, uh, you know, it, 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 CBS paid up and I, I it looks like uh, Rono, uh, Romo and his agents have rewarded that. So, okay. So now let's look at the ESPN side. And it, listen, that's a very good question. If you're going to go that deep into February, <laughs> you know, why not? Why not go a couple extra days unless, and I don't know this, obviously, unless Tony, as the client said, listen, I, at the end of the day, I want to stay here. Let's not make it to open market. I don't, I don't want this to continue. In fact, Richard, you and I were just last week, we were on the podcast and we were just, we were talking about this exactly. And it was like, we, and we, we said the longer this goes on, the worse it is for CBS. And we were, we were going from 100 down to 95% that he was going to resign with ESPN just because it was taking this long. So with another couple of weeks, right? Right, exactly. So let's get to the ESPN point. This is, this is one where your reporting may say something different than mine, or maybe we're in sync here. Uh, I, I, I put this in quotes here. ESPN sources um, indicated that they would never get to the number that CBS paid. That seventeen million was crazy number, crazy money, and whatever you were seeing in the sort of reports uh, about ESPN going higher, that's not the case. Here's how I look at this, John. Undoubtedly, Jimmy Pitaro has tried to shed salary over the last twelve to twenty-four months. I mean, just look at everybody who's uh, left there, um, plus the uh, Bomani Jones, Pablo Torre uh, uh, show being canceled, and they're going to resign or try to resign those guys if they do for much less money. You talk to t- I know I talk to a lot of talent. I'm sure you do too. Uh, they've all said that that ESPN is trying to bring salaries down, and you know they believe they're getting uh, much less than they would have a couple years ago. Now, all that said, John, I don't believe it. I, I just, I do simply do not believe that ESPN, if Tony Romo got to the open market, they would not pay more than what CBS does. It would change the entire calculus of Monday Night Football. It would signal to the NFL that they are massively serious about being part of the Super Bowl rotation. Obviously, I know you still have to pay the billions of dollars for it, but that, that, what, what would $20 million to ESPN mean? for a company that pays hundreds of millions of dollars for rights packages. So I look at it, John, as if somehow Romo got to the open market, he would have, in my opinion, been able to name his price for CB, uh, for ESPN, and they would have matched. I do not believe for a second 
that he wouldn't have got that money. How do you feel about that one? I, you know, it's just in, in reporting this stuff, Richard, I've never known somebody to lose a bidding war to say like, oh, we would have paid, you know, uh, that, that that much. I mean, it's always, oh, we wouldn't, we would have never gone that high. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, the ESPN did not put in a formal offer. We, we know that and never got to the point where, where, where they, they, they even could. And you and I have both been sourced uh, through ESPN saying that they were not going to offer 20, 20 million, um, that they weren't, weren't going to go that high. Various sources are, you know, that dispute that. Nobody's on the record about that. I, I don't really have an opinion one way or another about, you know, whether they would or wouldn't. I do know that sort of ESPN's um, open coveting of Tony Romo and creating this bidding war, which is really unique among on-air talent, has rubbed, uh, you know, more than just CBS the, the wrong way. It's, a, it's It's been sort of noticed by some of the other networks and it's, you know, it, there, the uh, talent negotiations among networks has uh, historically has been sort of like a, you know, a gentleman's agreement, you know, it's a very sort of gentlemanly. And this turned it into a very, um, you know, a player agent type of, type of a type of deal where you just sort of like, you have 30 teams and you go and you're trying to find the highest bidder. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people in the, uh, in the business, have a raised eyebrow about um, about one network really driving up the cost for for other networks so uh, so openly. Good point, John. Here's my last thing on this, and 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 again, I, I'll I'll be I, I would like you to respond to it just to get your thinking. The 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 notion, to, and again, I, I'm not saying anybody is specifically lying uh, to me when they were sourcing. I just think when the calculus changes, when the guy is like literally available for you to get like it's easy to say you wouldn't pay but the second tony romo is an actual free agent and he meets with you and you get excited the world changes so here's all i would have to say john if espn is willing to pay mike greenberg six million bucks and i understand uh this is john skipper era and if espn is willing to pay stephen a smith whatever five six seven million dollars or, or actually I take that back i'm wrong about the so if espn is willing to pay stephen a smith ten million dollars uh you know whatever the new contract is is um Tony Romo would front a product in Monday Night Football that gets um, 12 or 13 million more viewers than Get Up. So how on earth, if you're ESPN, would you not think about um, pushing those dollar figures when you're already paying somebody $6 million? I mean, what is another $11 million per year at that point for what is far and away your most important property? I, I just, that's where I... I, I, I think people at ESPN are not being honest because the the impact of Monday Night Football to get Tony Romo would be so exponentially profound because I think it would put you in a different stratosphere with the NFL. It could change your entire NFL portfolio if you end up getting a Super Bowl or if you end up getting better postseason games. So that's that's the only reason why I sort of shake my head on this and think to myself, you can say this when he's not a free agent, but once you actually have the chance to get who is the guy who is far and away the most prominent NFL analyst since John Madden, I don't I don't know how you wouldn't just pay whatever that money is, given you 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 pay so much money elsewhere. You know, uh, Richard, about uh, twenty years ago, I was uh, uh, covering the cable industry, and I went, went to a press conference at the Federal Communications Commission because they were getting ready to auction off a, a bunch of new spectrum and and the uh, commissions th- said that they were going to get so much more money 
than anybody in the industry believed. And to sort of explain what was happening, you know, during this press conference, uh, the guy held up a $100 bill and he said he was going to auction off among the reporters that $100 bill. And uh, the bid started at like 50. They quickly went up to 90, eventually went to $99 and 99 cents. And then somebody was just like they wanted to win. So that somebody bid $102 and they bid $105. And and that's the whole point is like the comp. I'll never forget that either. The competition to win when you're bidding, even if it doesn't make that much uh, make any sense is, is, is real. And so I think if, if Tony Romo, were to get on the open market, and if ESPN thought that they had a legitimate shot at him, sure, I could see that. I could see that going up a whole lot more. Oh, it's a great story. I love that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, you hit on something that's really interesting to me and that I tried to hit on in my uh, uh, piece I did for The Athletic that published today. Uh, We're taping this on Monday morning. And that was, like, what is the impact on the marketplace? So I talked to a number of agents um, who, John, not surprisingly, we're more pushing that this is going to change the marketplace and, and networks can't necessarily, <laughs> networks can't necessarily uh, cry. Yeah. Cry poverty. I talked to some management people though, who did think that it would, it would have an impact. So let me ask you this. Um, cause it's really a twofold question. One, what, what kind of impact do you think Romo has now on the market for NFL analysts? And sort of part two is, is that impact only for the Aikman level Collinsworth level or could Romo's numbers float down to make like the number five NFL analyst on some network, you know, make much more money now because there's now a ceiling that's been set by Tony Romo. My opinion is that if there is any kind of a a knock on effect, it's only for the A-level talent. And that fifth, that number five guy at Fox might even find his money uh, uh, go down or rather the five guy at CBS might find his money go down because it's all being committed to Romo. But uh, unlike a lot of the agents, uh, I, I don't. I think this is an aberration. I think that uh, the, the the way for salaries to continue to go up, you need to have somebody bidding for those services. And for Tony Romo, it, it, it just so happened that ESPN went through, like you said, two straight years of having its uh, Monday Night Football booth just kind of pilloried uh, online. Uh, they needed to get better. Uh, they wanted to get better. It was sort of like a perfect storm for Tony Romo. When Chris Collinsworth, got, when his um, um, contract comes up, you know, will there be another bidder where he could actually walk away from uh, from NBC to take that bid? I suggest probably not. Almost certainly not. Um, uh, and and uh, I, I just don't see. I, I don't see. I, I think that uh, Troy Aikman. And Chris Collinsworth will agitate for more money, or rather their uh, their agents will agitate, agitate for more money. And they may get a little bit of a bounce here, but they're, Tony Romo's an aberration. He, he, he caught the perfect storm on this. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think um, the the issue for, let's say, Collinsworth or Aikman, uh, you know, assuming those two guys want to continue on in the business, is there's not going to be 
Um, I, I don't think they're going to come up at the time where there's this kind of uh, storyline for ESPN. I mean, presumably ESPN is going to find an analyst in the next couple of months, whether it'll be, you know, breaking the bank on, you know, they, their dream guy would be Peyton Manning. He hasn't shown yet that he has any interest in that, you know, or whether they get somebody else, you know, th- there's going to be somebody there. Like, so your point is well taken. I will say this though, Richard, like it, like for Fox just had the Super Bowl. If Troy Aikman got hit by a bus and couldn't do the, 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 the Super Bowl uh, for Fox, who would they have turned to? I don't believe that they have anybody else on their roster who is a quote unquote Super Bowl level type of analyst. And I, in fact, I think that that a level analyst we mentioned like Aikman Collinsworth Romo, you, you, you can't go a, a whole lot deeper than that right now. There, there's a lot of other people with potential. We mentioned Drew Brees or, uh, you, you know, you mentioned Peyton Manning as well. Um, but, uh, but right now it's a very short bench for, uh, for NFL analysts, I think. Yeah, the the one thing on that, John, is I, I always think that is a little overrated um, in that, um, you know, like I, I, I'm of the belief that you don't necessarily need the biggest name out there. Like I think Kurt Warner was certainly capable of being like an A analyst. I think Lewis Riddick is. Uh, I like Charles Davis. I, you know, I, I don't think Fox is going to push him to number one, but he, he would he would certainly do a, a fine job as their top analyst. But I know what you're saying, that the, the, the reality of the NFL – networks is that top analyst as a general rule not only has to be really really good but there is a star component to that so to take your question i think we'll probably be looking at whoever the next iteration is coming off the field you know like drew Brees strikes me as a you know a very very good candidate for that i know fox is really high on greg olson but you know i don't think greg olson is 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 he's, he'd be a couple of years minimum away from you know, maybe having a shot at that number one. And again, remember how unique it was for Tony Romo to, to come out of playing and take over the number one analyst role. That's never happened. But Troy Aikman went over to Europe. You know, pe- people get seasoned before they get into that role. I mean, the, 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 Tony Romo was a complete anomaly in terms of that. Right. And actually, uh, even one of the agents who I spoke to pointed out to me that, like, had CBS been in a better position with their number two analyst, you know, right now it's Fouts, um, you know, like someone who is sort of like could be the quote unquote heir apparent, you know, Romo has far less leverage, but they don't have that. So, you know, CBS really doesn't have a number one analyst uh, down the road on its roster. You know, I, I know they're high on Adam Archuleta, et cetera, but that's just the reality is they're not going to put that person. Um, it, they wouldn't have put that person, I don't think, in the number one uh, slot next to Nance. Actually, it's a, it's a good question, John. I'll sort of play a little fantasy football here had Romo left and gone to ESPN what do you think CBS would have done uh I think CBS would ha- would have camped outside of uh, Peyton Manning's apartment and tried to uh, try, try to convince him uh to, to come on board I think there's a potential I know everybody loves Drew Brees I think there's a potential that they could you know at, at the kind of money they're talking about to to really kind of convince him to uh retire um I know he said that he's going to play again but you know if uh, for 17 million, you know, you can do a lot. Not that he would have gotten that. Um, but the, I think there are a lot of options. I don't think that there's one certain plan B, which is exactly where ESPN is right now, I think. And there's no certain plan B about, you know, how they're going to move forward. Yeah, I love that you think Peyton Manning has an apartment as opposed to a mansion. Um, the, uh, yeah, there is no plan B right now for ESPN. There's There hopefully will be a plan C or D. Although, again, I will continue to sort of say I think that they 
there are people who would be really good Monday Night Football analysts, including Kurt Warner and uh, and Lewis Riddick, who I've Lewis Riddick has always been the guy I thought would be great at that job. But um, you know, there have some decisions to make. Like, and one of the decisions is: Do you sort of roll with Tessator and McFarland for another year if you cannot find that person who you really think is going to bring you into the into the new you know sort of new universe of uh, media rights deal? So they have. Um, they get their work cut out for them now, John. Yeah, because ESPN's doing the same thing that Fox, uh, that that CBS had to do. They need to send a message to the NFL that you know they're serious about improving the the quality from the truck through the booth of their uh, Monday Night Football, which is uh, you know they have a, an an audience of a couple hundred. How many ever in NFL offices? You know that they that they need to convince on that. John, you may know this or you may not, but I think our the audience would be curious about this. Like, how much do you think the NFL is involved in uh, like Romo negotiations? And when I say involved, when do you think CBS sort of gives the NFL the heads up that they that they have the resign? Like, I don't think Sean McManus, David Burson, are you know talking to Howard Katz and Roger Goodell on a day to day basis, but you know they're they they they're they're, they're, uh, they're these hires have an eye towards the NFL offices because they want the NFL to be impressed by them. So do you think the NFL is, you think the NFL is giving a heads up at all on all this? Or do you think the NFL finds out when we find out? Uh, I'm pretty certain the NFL gets a heads up. I'm pretty certain when they, when they go through, I'm pretty certain that when they met with the NFL uh, back in Miami, they, they announced their intention. You know, we have a right to match and we're going to match, you know? So I, I think that, you know, if, if you talk to anybody at the NFL offices, I think that they were, wholly unsurprised by by what was going on i don't think that they they i don't think they gave their opinion on whether they should should match or not i don't think that they were actually cheering for for, for one or the other I, I just think like you know they, they're an important um uh partner and they're they're somebody that you know as an important partner somebody that the networks want to sort of clue in on this john given that the um the uh the news on this broke on February 28th. And from everything I understand, that's literally when the contract sort of was done. Um, news news broke basically the same day all this went down. That's a lot of, you know, people start talking. That's usually when these leaks happen. Um, but isn't it, I, I don't know, John, wouldn't you love to sort of really know the inside story, especially from like the Romo camp of what was being thought twenty February 25th, 26 27th because like as we just said earlier you are just a couple of days away from formally being able to negotiate with espn and i would love to know the sit down with caa and and romo and like how close they really were to not signing if only to see what espn would formally offer you know those that must last week must have it certainly was i'm sure a crazy week for cbs but it really must have been a crazy week for the romo camp yeah, we've known the number since Friday, so you know we're, we're kind of glossing over it. But seventeen million dollars for an NFL analyst is a huge amount of money. It's you know more than double the you know what what Madden made, and that which which was the highest ever. I mean, so it, it, CBS came with an offer and a bid that you know sure maybe ESPN might have eclipsed. But it was a it was like a a big offer and a huge statement of hey we really want you so I you know it's uh, I I don't know the inside story of that yet I'm hoping that to, to, to find it out but I uh, I do think that like you know that bid that C- CBS made when I first heard how much money it was I, I think 
literally my jaw dropped. <laughs> I think I think I just I just was not expecting it to go that high, and uh, and uh, it, it was just a massive deal. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Last one for me, John. Don't let you get out of here. We had a lot of good feedback from our podcast last week about uh, uh, High Noon and the cancellation of that show and what it might mean for those two uh, co-hosts heading forward. This is something, John, I always notice. John, you know how much I love talking about public relations on this podcast. I know you do, too. Um, so this is, this is, who's our shout out for, I can't wait. Yeah, this is, I mean, literally this, we do this part of the podcast just for like 13 people. So, um, what, what I have historically noticed with ESPN, and, and I think you must have noticed this too, is whenever there is, um, either, uh, a cancellation, but more than that, like somebody leaving the network, right? Like sort of what would be. Um, with the optic of somebody opting to leave ESPN, which has historically been a destination place, they always, or at least lately in the last two or three years, they, they announce re-signings and certainly a flurry of them. Um, I always feel like to try to mitigate that news cycle, never mitigates the news cycle, but it's interesting. So in the midst of the high noon, um, cancellation, La Placa Land, uh, let it be known that Hannah Storm had resigned. Ryan Smith had resigned. And am I missing one from last week? Uh, I feel like there might be another ESPN. I forget. Hannah, Hannah was the biggest one. Hannah, yeah, Hannah Storm resigns. Ryan Smith outside the lines resigns. But have you noticed that as well, John? That that like to whenever there's a sort of a talent talent news that is not optimal for ESPN, we get a flurry of of um, press releases out of uh, the Chris LaPlaca compound that 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 indicates that people want to stay at ESPN and and they're psyched to stay heading forward. Yeah, Richard, I, I would make the world's worst PR person, so I, it makes me well qualified to comment on PR. I think that it it it, it seems to me a strategy that the, that they decided because remember when Fox Sports One was taking like you know Colin Coward went and like yeah, I think. Did Whitlock go straight from uh from ESPN? I forget, but a bunch of people- a little, yeah. I think there was a little bit of time between him signing, but yeah, but Coward definitely, and then Bayless was obviously a big one too for them. And Bayless too, and there just appeared to be this like you know ESPN couldn't keep their talent, and I know that it frustrated a lot of people inside ESPN. They're like we can't keep our talent. We resign like five people a day. You know, they have hundreds of people on on, on air, and so there was a they did. It was a conscious decision to say, you know, we're just going to start to go out with these with these releases when we just resign people, and uh, and it, it, it just to show that you know we're not retrenching, we're building, and and people are staying and they're sticking around despite the competition, and it, it seems to me to be somewhat smart. Uh, I don't know if they've totally killed that narrative that they're trying to kill, but it, but it seems to be a, 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 you know, not a bad decision to make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike Soltis and others at ESPN PR will, will say that we never used to do that. So it's not like it's been a 
sort of a long tradition. But yes, I think, and again, I think on its face, uh, it probably is a smart strategy. I mean, I think if you look a little bit behind it, it's it's a little transparent what they're doing. But, um, you know, you, you wonder if as much for anything else, if it's done internally, John, to like signal to the people who are inside ESPN that, um, you know, we are committed to you. We do want to sign you long-term and, and that there are people who are happy to work here. I almost wonder if a lot of times that that's as much about internal PR as it is about external PR. Oh, of course it is. I think it's much more internal, and I think it's more internal even beyond uh, on-air talent internal. I think it's just for the rank and file to say, like, don't worry. We, we're, we're a strong company that, uh, that, that is capable of, of keeping people and is keeping people. So I, I, I think it, it just goes to, to, to uh, the, the entire uh Bristol universe, not just not just the on-air talent. Yeah, by the way, John, it's amazing that ever since Adnan Verk left, there's just been no leaks out of ESPN, especially in baseball. I mean, how, how has that happened, John? I mean, literally. <laughs> I haven't seen any story about baseball printed in any publication in the last four minutes. Uh, all right. Anyway, John, that's my little... John, there's no chance I'll be getting any more ESPN uh, talent on this podcast, so it's just going to be me and you now every week. John O'Rand and Richard Deitch on the, on the podcast. Um, what else, John? Is, Go ahead. Is it noted that I stayed quiet during that uh, diatribe? Oh my God! I mean, no one has, uh, no one has uh, benefited more on the coffee market than John O'Rant. Scoop a day with <laughs> with, with <laughs> almond milk and oat milk. All right. Anyway, John, is there any John? You're very kind to come on this podcast today because one, you came on last week, and two, I know you did one uh, uh, with your boss. Uh, um, the great Abe, who uh, who's a, who seems like he'd be an awesome guy to work for, and uh, condolences. I know he lost his father not too long ago. Abe's a great guy, and uh, I certainly pass on my best to him. Um, but is there anything else you want to add here? I think we are probably smart to just make this a one-topic podcast today because of the significance of the Romo news. Yeah, it's the only thing anybody's wanted to talk about over the weekend and uh, and this morning so far. So it's uh, it, uh, just a big deal. Kudos to CBS. Yeah, listen, you know, at the end of the day, John, uh, first of all, it's not our money, so it's easy to spend, but you want to procure the highest level of talent. That that's at the end of the day that Tony Romo's not going to bring you any more viewers, but he does absolutely have a massive impact on how the people who watch your network consume your network. And to me, I'm always about you keep the best talent and, because that's ultimately what's a differentiator. So, um so yeah, Kudos to CBS. They, they kept their guy, and that was the most important thing. Uh, John O'Rand is the fine sports media reporter for Sports Business Daily and Sports Business Journal. Go on Twitter, check out his work, and uh, and follow him. There was that O'Rand underscore SBJ. All right, do I have that Twitter handle right? Yep, you got that perfect. Okay, and then obviously if you're a uh, – I always say this. If you're a Sports Business Daily subscriber – uh, check out the uh, the newsletter that John does along with uh, Ben Fisher and Michael Smith. It really is, I think, my favorite thing uh, to read almost at this point on a weekly basis. It's just really, those guys do a great job. It's fun reading, and they actually break news in there. To me, it's like uh, quintessentially how you should do a newsletter for uh, for a paywalled place. So, uh, so props to that. All right, John, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you'll certainly be back, but there's no chance in hell you're coming back on next week. That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, RD. I'll talk to you in a few months, I guess, right? <laughs> It'll be a few weeks. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to John O'Rand, who's a good sport for coming on again. I always enjoy talking with him, and uh, I wanted to get a Romo podcast out quickly. Uh, one, because I know a lot of people in this space are going to do it, and two, it's just such a massive story. 
that we got to talk about it. Um, head to the Sports Media with Richard Dyche archives, and you will see <laughs> last week, John O'Rant, with some more sports media talk. Before that, Tiffany Green and Megan McPeak, Jamie Little and Shannon Spake. Uh, we did a piece on covering Kobe Bryant with Howard Beck and Tim Kawakami. Uh, before that, uh, how to produce and direct a Super Bowl with Richie Zients and Rich Russo. And then just go down the list of uh, archives, Jalen Rose, Adam Amin, Jim Ross. I think there'll hopefully be things uh, that um, that you will like. We are uh, not so far away from episode 100 of the Sports Media with Richard Dyche podcast. Um, now, obviously, I've done more than 100 podcasts because I did however many, 200-plus at Sports Illustrated. But uh, coming up on 100, and, uh, and that gives me a chance to thank everybody who's worked on this podcast in Cadence 13. Obviously, Patrick Antonetti has produced this now for a while. Terrence Malgon, who produced it before that. And then the uh, big chief, the bosses, Chris Corcoran, Spencer Brown, John McDermott, and uh, Sean Cherry. I, I appreciate everything those guys have done for this podcast. It is certainly not their most downloaded or biggest podcast at all, but they've, uh, they've treated me as such, and I really appreciate that. All right, please uh, leave us a review and subscribe. That's how this, uh, this pod continues. And uh, my thanks again to John O'Rand, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the Sports Media Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.